Hello and welcome to season two of Eventland, a podcast powered by InEvent. This season, we are talking all things event tech in 2022 and beyond. We feature the most futuristic and technologically advanced leaders speaking candidly about their experiences with event tech. Grab a drink, press play and join the conversation. I am Marion Falkman and it's great to have you here. So let's get into it. So according to my understanding, Deesa, you have 20 plus years of experience in live events and then over a decade. when I was this high. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And you have over a decade of experience in virtual and hybrid events and you worked as an events technician. So you have been in this industry. That's crazy. That's so much time in one industry. I really don't know how to do anything else, Marion. So. <laughs> that's okay, too. That's okay. At least you're a master of the industry. <laughs> there you go. Well, and also being a woman in the industry. For that mm, right? Tell me about that. No one really told me, hey, by the way, you'll be the only woman on a crew of 35 technicians. Everyone's going to be wow. old enough to be your dad. <laughs> oh, wow. That must be so intimidating. Like, did you feel like it was or how was your experience? Well, I won't get into the gory details, but yeah, it's it's definitely really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, there's still a little bit of that pressure that you almost have to work twice as hard to get half the credibility. Um, so yeah, I definitely think, you know, especially now that I'm involved with women of encore and our diversity equity and inclusion committee here in Canada, we are going to make strides to make this a more equal gender opportunity, uh, place to, to work and a more welcoming environment for, for all walks of life as well. Um, it's not just about gender diversity. It's also, you know, minorities, indigenous. Yeah. Yeah, Inclusivity. Yeah. Yeah. Inclusivity for sure from all walks of life. So it's just as important, you know, it's like, not just cause I'm a woman, but it's like, yeah, I've, uh, had to earn my keep, so to yeah. speak. You yeah. know, like it's it's hard to be taken seriously as a 20-year-old fresh out of school. And mm. um yeah, but I did start young, like like he mentioned, I started out in high school. Wow. We actually had a million dollar theater. Oh wow. That's a yeah, great start. <laughs> yeah. We had to hire professional techs to run the shows. Um, so as a student. Uh, I was kind of starting out in recording arts. That's really where I was passionate. Okay. I play guitar, I sing, I write music. So that's what the allure to audio was. Okay. And then they saw me working away on the computer and they actually, like my teachers approached me and said, we want you to join the stagecraft team as well. And I was just bit by that bug. The, the mm. console that I started out on was like 36 channels, <laughs> like, sorry, bigger than this. <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah. But I mean, once you know what one strip does, they all do the same. So okay. Okay. <laughs> you make it sound so simple. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I learned on. I knew all about patch cabling. Uh, my first show that I ever teched, I did follow spot and yeah, so it's um 
it's all going to carry through, through to today, really like having those fundamentals. But I will say when I moved out of the tech role, uh, digital was just coming into play, you know, digital consoles, Mm -hmm. moving everything over from the eclectic RGB cabling over to SDI and then everything moving into HD. So I understand how to sell those and how to spec the show. Like I know you need that box with that thing in it, Mm -hmm. the adapter, whatever. But uh, if you were to get me to plug it in and make it work, I might have to take a few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So you moved out of the tech industry and now you are more in sales. Is that correct? I still, I I work for the same company for years. So that's incredible. Yeah, they're the one that gave me my my real shot. You know, I got a call for the release of the Toyota Yaris. I don't wow. Know yes. <laughs> they needed 152 technicians up in Whistler, BC. I was one of three girls. Wow. <laughs> that is huge. Yeah, yeah. So I went up there. I took some time off my like crappy minimum wage job I was working. I won't say where in case my <laughs> previous employers listening, but <laughs> yeah, so I took time off and I went up there and did that. It was amazing. I loved it. It was so awesome. Wow. Was and it then, love at first sight? Do you feel like when you went in at that moment, that was it for you? You were hooked? Well, I was doing warehouse work at the time. And uh-huh. It was 13 tractor trailers to unload wow. into the Whistler Conference Center. Pyrotechnics, we flew in a rigger from Europe. Wow. Like it was everything you could possibly put on a show and the kitchen sink. Like we had everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was doing warehouse work at the time. And so getting on a truck, unloading the truck, bringing it in the ballroom, everyone had like a train, like one guy would take off the truck, another guy would push it in the room. Once it was in the room, another person would put it where it needs to go in the room. And I just went on the truck, brought it off the truck, went in the room, pushed it where it needed to go, ran back. And I did that for like (laughs) all day. That is crazy. Everyone's like, who is this girl? <laughs> She's making us look bad. What is she doing? <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> for lack of a better term, full of piss and vinegar, right? Like, yes. <laughs> I'm going to show everyone I'm so great. <laughs> I love that. And so you've managed to stay in this industry for such a long time. What, what keeps you there? What keeps you going in this industry? Oh, definitely resiliency for sure. Right. Like this is high stress. Everything moves really quickly, especially since the pandemic. It's huge. Right. Like I went from, you know, virtual events being like this much to Mm -hmm. this much of Mm -hmm. my business. So I do have that understanding. Um, I had to really remind my clients, you know, back when you used to send them the word document or the PDF to follow along and they called in on the phone and they could hear what was going on. That was a hybrid meeting. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Or when you needed to get the person from the third world country whose visa didn't come through to travel to the conference to present. That was a hybrid meeting. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I had to remind them, you've done this before. Yeah. And you can do it again. <laughs> I would say resiliency. I would say getting that certification, that piece of paper, yeah. uh, really paved the way 
especially being a woman back, back then, I don't want to say now, but back then for people to take me seriously. Right. And you also need to be humble, humble Mm. to your craft. You need to understand that there's always something new you can learn from anyone. Even an entry level tech has something to teach an industry vet like myself. Mm -hmm. So humble to your craft and especially to the people that are around you, you know, Yes. I work in a very masculine male environment. And these are amazing gentlemen that want to solve your problems, right? So you can't go around thinking you need, you know better, right? Like you have to be humble and you have to be like, well, I'm really interested to hear your opinion. Yes. I really appreciate you taking the time and making sure that those details are covered. You know, you just have to kind of, Take a breath, lean back. Mm-hmm. And then keep going. <laughs> the main thing my clients always say, and my coworkers when they see me in action, so to speak, is that I'm always calm. Oh, I love and that. I'm like, well, you know, if, if I'm freaking out, then we're all screwed. Because that <laughs> plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D all didn't pan out. Yeah, that's a great way of doing it. But I mean, with with clients now and in this this moment, like you said, you know, it was a huge adjustment where things kind of flipped on its back and then we were hybrid and then we were virtual. And now we're kind of in this limbo moment where we're kind of in between and we're trying to do all the things. How have your clients responded to this moment? <sighs> Well, everyone has a different reaction. Yeah. Some people adapt to change. I actually have some clients that have left the industry completely. They're wow. like, I'm done. I'm done with events. I'm done with this virtual. I'm going to go be a project manager for the government or whatever, right? Whatever they end up doing. Um, and yeah, everyone has different reactions to the challenges me, I just really need to be empathetic to that, right? Yeah. I just need to listen to, to what their concerns are, but also make them feel confident that we can move forward, that there mm. is a way to move forward. Yeah. You know, we have, we have products and service offerings we can help them with, or maybe it's just me giving them a second opinion on what they want to do. Lots of my clients can use Zoom and integrate uh, AI captioning all by themselves. They know how to launch breakout rooms. Maybe they don't need me. Maybe they just resource to spitball ideas off of like, hey, I can't get this callback URL working. Do you know? And it's like, yeah, I don't mind even if I'm not doing your event. Like I'm going to do another event for you somewhere. I'm I'm just a resource to my clients. But yeah, so they're resourceful in their self. And then how can I assist them on their journey? Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So I'm guessing that you have a really good relationship with your with your clients because I mean to kind of be of assistance, you need to be open to them and be willing to help how and whenever they may need. How do you nurture and improve your relationships with your clients? Well, I always try to connect more on a personal level, you know, like uh, we haven't been able to entertain our clients as much as we'd like because of the pandemic. You know, we like to um, support our local chapters, PCMA, ILEA, MPI. I'm actually on the board with MPI Ottawa here. Um, So they have educational events, they have networking events, they have beautiful galas. 
And so um, a great way to showcase what we can offer them is to bring them to a gala where we're doing the AV and the production mm. and we can host them. Um, and then a lot of, you know, our deliverables might even be, you know, the ability to host them. With yeah. Them. That yeah, means that's a great idea. <laughs> so, that's actually yeah. a great idea to kind of get them immersed in the experience for themselves. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's, there's that, but also just, you know, I always make sure I schedule enough time in our meetings as well. Yeah. And my clients all know we start with a bit of personal chat first. Okay. 10, 15 minutes maybe. And yeah. then we'll talk business. Right. But that's nice. more personalities. And yes. some of my clients want to get right down to business. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's fine too. But even just writing your emails, you know, like, Hey, I hope things are good. Or how are things right now? I know that's probably a really loaded question to ask. Yeah. Where I just say, I can't even imagine being a planner right now. Oh, Mm, yeah just share that feeling with them that journey I love that had that personal touch I work for Mm. a big giant global corporation but I'm not a robot yes (laughs) and that's a beautiful thing to acknowledge because I think sometimes we get lost in the organizations we're working for and then somehow we forget we're still all human and we still share a common experience. I mean, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's basically that we're all connected in some way and we're all sh- going through different moments, but together. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful thing. And what are yeah. some of your, your favorite features for virtual engagement and networking? Oh gosh. Well, that's, you're asking me literally the hardest part to create <laughs> in the virtual environment. Absolutely. You know, when this pandemic first started, My clients were surveying their members because you can't cram a week long or a three day conference into a two half day, right? Like half day for two days format, right? So they're like, what do we keep and what do we get rid of? And the number one thing everyone wanted was networking. Okay. So we're doing one-on-one video chats or groups where they show up and we put them into breakout rooms and they can, you know, have almost virtual cocktail hour or, you know, live entertainment, like so many different (laughs) ways. But then they're like, we didn't get enough networking or Uh. there's like minimum adoption. Right. So if they have 30 minutes at lunch, they're prepping, they're probably off making their kids lunch or making themselves lunch or quickly trying to catch up on emails. Like this new virtual world doesn't allow for that. Right. So, um, yeah. So it's like you really try, but then it's like my clients have spent all this money. Some people spend thousands of dollars on video networking aspects and then nobody uses it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really tough. And I always warn them <laughs> with my newfound knowledge that people, you know, they might not show up. So, <laughs> no. but yeah, I'm, one of my clients did a really cool Halloween thing where uh-huh. everyone up and they did a costume contest and we turned on like a selfie station on the platform so people could take photos of themselves and upload it to the platform yeah so it kind of created that a little bit more so yeah those virtual photo booths uh virtual cocktail hour virtual entertainment where so we broadcast the entertainment through live stream it's a one-to-many 
experience. Um, but then they have these like virtual round tables or, or virtual networking rooms where they can actually like control the volume of the live stream and they can talk to the people in the room or maybe they just go on mute and turn their camera off and rock out in their living room, whatever <laughs> they want. And one client really wanted, she did drag queen bingo. Oh, I love and <laughs> <laughs> she really wanted the, the entertainer, I, I guess she, he, they really wanted people to be able to come on stage because part oh. of the drag bingo is picking on people. Or yeah. <laughs> so we had an extra button that was only visible for a, a brief moment okay. because there was about 1,500 attendees and only 100 can come on the virtual stage. That's our limitations of, okay. of our broadcast. And uh, so you could click it and you could go on stage. Oh, that's so, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cool. there are great ways to actually engage people virtually because I think a lot of people fear that when you say, oh, this is going to be a virtual event. I think in the back of many people's minds, it's just that they're joining like a webinar where you're just kind of there, but you're not really there. And mm-hmm. the host might not care so much whether you're doing other things or not. But there's there's multiple ways to engage people virtually. Yeah. I mean, um, some of my clients and we used to have as part of our service offerings, the event canvas. So if anyone's an event designer or you're familiar with the event canvas, if you're not, you can go to edco.org. I don't know, Google it. (laughs) I can always give you the link if you want. Uh, But yeah, the event canvas creates this framework where you can measure who your stakeholders are for your event Mm -hmm. and really tie experiences back to those stakeholders. So you could measure your return on investment. And I think that's, what's really important is spending the money of Mm -hmm. the budget where it's going to have the highest impact. Absolutely. Right. And the way that the human brain works is we log new information or changes to existing information. Mm -hmm. So in order to create a new event, you need to have a new experience, something that's memorable. Absolutely. And you only have in this virtual environment, instead of all five of our senses, you only have your visual and your mm-hmm. auditory. Unless you bring different elements in, like maybe you ship your delegates <clears throat> some welcome packages that have some different essential oils or, you know, something to activate those other senses, like taste, touch, and, and uh, smell. Yeah. Really, um, you need to activate the auditory and the visual senses Mm. through your production. Color psychology is really huge. Like different colors can activate different parts of our brain, you know, like blue is for trust. So you can really bring your event to life by making sure you have the proper content that complements the presentations of what you're doing. And the production team yeah. that can bring that vision to life otherwise it's just all an idea that can't come to fruition right mm, so. very good I love that I love what you were saying about the color therapy I think that's such a beautiful thing and like I didn't think about it too much but I'm pretty sure people who are you know planning events virtually that's something that that they could take and implement at their next event so that's that's perfect And I want to know a little bit. So I heard that you are a live event fan as well. I want to know, like, what are some of your recommendations regarding the amount of like pre-recorded content versus live content at a hybrid event? 
Well, so I really encourage pre-recorded content, but the key is doing it close enough to the event that it's still relevant information, Mm. Um, especially if it's a government association or a medical, right? Like everything right now is changing so quickly. Absolutely. also need to do it for far enough in advance that you have time to top and tail and, and make sure that it's a professional recording and product. You're not just playing a raw file. Um, but really, if you do live properly, you can really fake. Like so a lot of our productions, nobody knows how much of it is pre-recorded and how much of it is live. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, we work with our our teams uh, and any presenters that are coming. If they're going to come back live, we encourage them to wear the same outfit. Even if the backgrounds may be a little different, you can kind of fake it that way. So that way, when we zip them back in after they're pre-recording, then they come back live. And it's like, you really, you're none the wiser. Really? Ah, Fake it till you make it. Exactly. Or mm. at my company, we sponsored um, the MPI Gala in the fall and uh, they were going to have us do. So we wanted to show off our presentation stage. So I actually bought a beautiful gala dress and we really my boss wore a tux like we really dressed up as if we we're going to a real gala. I love that. And um, then they wanted us to come back live. And I said, no, 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 we need to announce the winner. Like I'm, I, they didn't want to tell us the winner or whatever, but I'm like, you need to announce the winner. We need to in the same environment, right? So you yeah. have to really use your expertise to say, this is what's going to be best. And it was like so amazing to watch it live. And then all the pictures me and my boss took, you know, selfies. We didn't post it on social media till the night of the gala. Oh, so I love that. Like we were doing it like we were dressed up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really smart. I love that. Yeah. So you can really time things. Uh, to be, I don't know if that's a, a little over and above, but yeah, uh, you know, go big or go home for me. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And I mean, what better than a beautiful gala dress when you're just chilling in your lounge? <laughs> yeah. So assessing, like, why does it need to be live, right? Mm. Why, right? Why can't we do this with the same? What we're doing with the pre-record for this segment? Why can't this one be done at the same time? Um, so you have to really work with someone who, who has that knowledge in that planning. Um, I find a lot of my clients, well, not a lot of them, but some of them really want to hold all the information close to their chest. Mm. And they might not let me know all of these elements so I can coach them that way. Um, yeah, I work with amazing veteran planners. Love my wow. clients. They're amazing. But yeah, some of them need to be a little more, here's what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And then in terms of introducing new technologies, is that a hard thing to convince people of, especially in this moment when you're planning a hybrid event? Or are people easily convinced when you tell them, oh, this is Right now people are demoed out. Like Mm. when the pandemic first started, they probably did a hundred demos. I have some clients who confuse features of a different platform with ours, thinking they have this. (laughs) um, No, (laughs) actually not. (laughs) Pretty sure I didn't promise you you'd have that. It's definitely not on the contract. So (laughs) yeah, it's like 
they get, they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. And once they work with us and if they are using our platform or if they're using a different platform, we were a little late to the game with, with our, our sisters at concise, like to get it rolled out in Canada. So we didn't get it really until like uh, late summer. Whereas as you know, the pandemic here started in March. Yeah. So yeah, so some of our clients went off and, and found other elements. So they'll partner with us for different aspects, which is fine, which is fine. We'll we'll uh we'll be back with them when they're back to live for nice. sure. They just they don't want to go through another platform. They know how to use that, or they know our submission process of what we're expecting if we're building the platform for them. Yeah. And they don't want to go somewhere else. So it's like, and even if we have new products to offer them, they're like, they'll listen just to yeah. be polite, but they're really just being polite. They don't care. <laughs> they don't um, care so much. <laughs> yeah. They're like, pandemic's almost over. I'm not learning another platform. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm happy with this. It's not broken. Let's not break it. And, yeah. yeah. Got it. Yeah. I think clients are just tired. Tired. They're I can tired. imagine. But I mean, in your experience, uh, is there anything, any new technologies that you are keeping your eye on in 2022? Oh, for sure. We have tons of stuff in business uh, development right now, or R&D, I should say. Augmented reality, holographic, uh, robotics. Um, I mean, it's really going to take the the demand to bring the supply Um you know, we might have one unit or a few units outfitted, but um, it's really cool. We have some tech ninjas is what I call them. They have the most amazing jobs of uh, looking at the new products, but it's really about that arrival experience or even Mm -hmm. in-person trade shows. Um, We're going to be pivoting our platform as well for e-posters. So you can get rid of those big bulky poster boards. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then our presentation stages our next level we have uh, the ability to film in 2d and 3d uh as well if if you were looking at that so got it yeah i love that thank you so much for your time Disa. this was such a great conversation and i appreciate you sharing some of your insights while being in the industry oh my pleasure oh my goodness it was so great Thank you for listening to Eventland, a podcast by InEvent. If you're interested in joining our global community for event props, use hashtag Eventland to find us on social media. Until next time.